You're listening to The Great Lakes Beacon, interviews and news from the 9th Coast Guard District. Hello, everyone. My name is Lieutenant Austin Fulmer. Uh, I'm the D-9 flag aide here with Rear Admiral Donna Cottrell, the commander of, of Great Lakes Coast Guard. Uh, we spoke today with a crew from Station Erie, Pennsylvania uh, on Lake Erie. What was remarkable about this case uh, was the risk decision-making. So the crew decided to get underway without their law enforcement gear. Uh, They had a very uh, great information. They knew exactly where they were going and they made the choice to, uh, to, to not take the law enforcement gear with them. And what was remarkable was that uh, they, they saved the victim, uh, this woman right in the nick of time. Uh, She had just gone underwater as they approached her. Uh, so ma'am, uh, what, what did you think about that risk, risk management decision about not taking LE gear with them? Well, obviously in this case, it was the right decision and, um, it was notable because of how quickly they made the decision and, um, that those seconds that they saved or minutes that they, they saved made the difference in saving a life or not saving a life because when they got on scene, um, she was actually, going under and, um, had they taken the time to get the LD, you know, to get their LE gear, uh, then she probably would have drowned. So, um, I think it, it, it's sort of on the fly operational risk management at its best. And um, that's what our crews trained to do. And they did an outstanding job. They do. They do. Uh, So as you know, we've had uh, several remarkable cases come out of Station Erie. Um, We're doing at least two podcasts uh, with those crews. Do you think that says something about about Station Erie, the crews and the leadership there? Sure. I think that um, the OIC and the, the leadership team there has set the tone for you know, a bias for action and, and, uh, an urgency to, you know, getting out there and, um, it, it's made a difference. And, um, I think all of our units are, are, uh, are, are taking that on and, um, and really paying attention to, you know, how quickly can we get underway in a safe manner? And it makes, it makes a big difference for our voting public. It does. It makes, it makes the biggest difference, difference between life and death. Uh, so without further ado, we'll listen to Admiral interviewing BM2 Alexis Gonzalez, BM2 Gwendolyn Olson, MK2 Dylan Serpinski, and Seaman Elijah Baker. Enjoy. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, BM2 uh, Gonzalez. Can you just tell us about um, your role on the boat and your perspective of the case? Uh, right, Admiral. Um, I'm BM2 Gonzalez. Um, it was just a normal evening here at Stationery. Um, the star alarm went off. Uh, I believe it was later on in the night, so most of us were already in bed. Uh, we got woken up by the OD MK2 Cummins, and the crew quickly responded uh, to the report of the PIW off of Rum Runners. Um, and then we just kind of went about and did what uh, we trained to do here at Stationery. Um, we made some critical decisions and not a lot of time, uh, time sensitive decisions um, that overall ended up saving the woman's life. Um, yeah, uh, you know, you definitely have the adrenaline running through you at that uh, time. But, you know, like I said, uh, we trained for this and our training definitely helped us out in, you know, making sure that that woman was uh, rescued. Um, transported over to EMS. Um, I've been here for almost four years now, Admiral. So I've ran 
both as a node and as a coxswain, uh, my fair share of cases. And um, yeah, I think it went really smoothly. And tell me a little bit about the decision you made to not take LE gear. Um, so that was something that, uh, uh, it was a decision I kind of made, um, again, uh, being a prior OD and, uh, acting as a coxswain in charge, um, briefly mentioned it to the rest of the crew. And I was just like, you know, let's not worry about guns as a person in the water, you know, push comes to shove. We can figure out some other way to do it. But my main priority, my main concern at that time was, uh, rescuing the PIW um, and having that mindset before anything else, um, Admiral. Okay, no, that was the right call. Uh, great, good thinking on that. Um, so let me go to BM2 Olson. So what was your uh, role and your perspective on the case? Um, I am BM2 Olson. I am also a coxswain. Um, however, I was not the coxswain in charge for this. Um, so I acted as a backup for um, to Alexis Gonzalez. Uh, I um, uh, made sure that uh, all the uh, uh, extra things that we have to do to get underway properly were completed as he facilitated navigating the boat. Um, and then as soon as we got on scene, I immediately uh, um, stuck my head out the window because I knew uh, the um, the, the light from our navigation system can uh, deteriorate your night vision. So I removed my, my vision from that, uh, from that environment and uh, immediately started looking for this, uh, uh, this person in the water. Um, I was then able to see some movement in the water um, and then later identified it as uh, the lady's head and I saw her arm come out of the water. Um, that movement is what I spot, and we were able to find her then. Was she wearing a life jacket? She was not wearing a life jacket. Wow, wow, okay. So this took place at night. It was fully dark when you got it away, or? It was about uh, 11.45 p.m., so 23.45, Admiral. Yeah, yeah that's, that's dark, okay. All right, good. Well, thanks, BM2. Okay, how about MK2 Serpinski? Good morning, Admiral. It's MK2 Dylan Serpinski here. I've been a, been a crewman engineer here for just coming up on four years as well. Um, my perspective of the case that night, uh, I took the initial call uh, from uh, Sector Buffalo. They had a little bit of a information going for uh, possible PIW off of rum runners here in Erie, PA. I then notified the uh, DOD, um, who then got everybody up. At that point, I changed out, uh, got my proper PPE on, and then went headed down to the boat with, uh, with the rest of the crew. Um, upon getting on scene after BM2 Olsen uh, did spot the PIW, I had the uh, night vision goggles. I kind of just searched around a little bit and uh, where BM2 was pointing. I grabbed the boat hook from uh, one of the other crew members and actually reached out and uh, kind of yelled at the lady to grab onto the hook and uh, pulled her just right into where I can just grab her arm and just uh, while uh, Alexis Gonzalez here was right behind me with it. So me and her, uh, me and uh, Alexis Gonzalez grabbed onto the lady. Uh, I went back around on the other side of the boat to help the other crewman 
uh, get her out of the water safely. Nice, great. How far, uh, how far away was she? I mean, you just had to use the boat hook to get close enough to her? Uh, Admiral, she was about between five and eight feet away, so I kind of reached out as far as I could. Yeah. And I yelled for her to grab onto the boat hook, and she kind of just reached her arm up and just snagged it a little bit. She was she was bobbing up and down underneath the water, so it was definitely a, definitely a little bit of a scary one. But once she grabbed it, I just pulled her in, grabbed onto her wrist, and just held her there until uh, Alexis Gonzalez can grab her other wrist, and we can hold her there until we can safely facilitate getting her onto the boat. Okay, awesome. Uh, Seaman Baker, tell me about your role and what and your perspective. Good morning, Admiral. Um, so my role is basically just a boat crew member, um, helping out, uh, getting the boat underway, um, and like dimming the electronics because obviously it was pretty late. And um, then we we got on scene uh, and we. We were searching for the PIW, and I was I was trying to look out to see if I could see anything. About the time uh, I got, I was um, looking on the aft deck, and then uh, Petty Officer Olson saw um, the the PIW's head and arm. So then we went over, and um, they. They, uh, she grabbed onto the bow hook and then she, they moved her to the aft deck and I helped uh, Petty Officer Shabinsky pull her onto the aft deck. And then uh, we transported her safely to EMS and then I helped uh, BM2 Olson and MK2 Shabinsky uh, transfer over to the EMS. So um, how, uh, how long the transit was it from the station to where she was? It was about five minutes, Admiral, uh, from receiving the call to getting on scene. It was a, about a total of seven minutes, Admiral. That's good. And then how did she end up in the water? Um, <clears throat> from the story that we got from her husband, who was on board the boat, um, they had they were at Run Runners. Um, they had had a couple drinks. Um, the wife... Uh, got underway she did a lap around uh basically right in front of rum runners um she came back she picked up her husband and she had left the spotlight on um and when he asked her to turn it off uh she jumped overboard um uh that's the story that we got um and that's what we kind of went with uh as far as like our reports up went right um so yeah, that's how she ended up in the water, Admiral. So did she get pulled out away from the boat, away from the shore? Uh, yeah. So when we showed up on scene, she was about she about, was uh, like 15, 20 feet, maybe. No, know, she was close. She was about a hundred yards away from the twenty knot our our vessel, and probably um maybe a hundred and fifty yards from the vessel she was on, and she was. Uh, almost swimming away from it, but she wasn't being very successful in her swimming. She was bobbing in the water. Um, yeah, water's still pretty cold up there, I guess. Huh? Uh, in the Bay Admiral, it's actually not too bad. Um, it was like 70-ish in the Bay. The Bay tends to warm up a lot quicker, Admiral. 
but still, you know, um, obviously, you know, boating under the influence and then having drinks and ending up in the water is never a good situation. Um, Especially without a life jacket. Without a life jacket, yeah. A lot of things, a lot of things could go wrong there. And uh, fortunately, uh, you guys were there in time to prevent the the worst case scenario. So I really appreciate that. Um, do y'all have uh, anything else to add? Um, the uh, farmer and Marshall, were you talking to the husband on the radio, or was they talking to the sector? Uh, Admiral, I actually never talked to the husband, but I was just talking to sector and BMS services over the radio. Okay. All right. And uh, MK2 Cummins, do you have any anything to add? Uh, not really, Admiral. I, I think all in all, uh, me uh, getting notified by the uh, watch channel that had the phones that night and quickly getting everybody awake and uh, BM2 Gonzalez uh, and myself collectively making decisions to forget about the guns. It's the PIW that could possibly drown, especially with it being night out, making it harder to see. Uh, we did debrief afterwards and uh, basically everybody uh, did a good job we had good i had good communication with sector but had good communication with me and the watchstander and i had the watchstander on the phone a lot with the uh, fire chief to direct them uh to where ems needs to go as soon as the uh, cops and brief me on uh, where they plan to take the piw so all in all i think it was a very successful mission and uh, uh I, I feel like it was potentially probably uh i guess you say perfect star case yeah yeah, no, that was, that was that definitely a good one. So I'm glad you guys were there. I'm glad you guys made the decisions you made and, and got there. Uh, it's like a heck of time. So appreciate your uh, your uh, bias for action and, and your dedication to duty. So um, it, does anybody have anything to add or any questions for me? No? no I all right. Well, thanks. Give my best to uh, Chief Heitzer. And I think I got another call to that tomorrow Tomorrow with another crew. So you guys are doing great there. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Admiral. Thank you very much. Okay. Take care.